You're listening to Tower After Hours, a production by Tower Marketing. I'm Lily. And I'm Alex. And we're here to bring you entertaining and insightful commentary on what's trending in the world of marketing. Join us each month as we sit down with guests and chat about marketing trends, insights, and how to grow both professionally and personally. Let's dive in. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. We have a busy one today, so we're going to jump right in. Um, Today, Alex and I are sitting down with two lovely ladies and fellow podcasters from the Lancaster Chamber. So we're excited to welcome Ashley Glenzer, the Programs and Workforce Strategies Manager, and Molly Krauser, the Director of Events and Partnerships. Together, they make up the hosts of What's on Top Lancaster, a podcast for young business professionals looking for insights related to the business community. So thanks for being here. We're excited to have you. Um, We enjoy your podcast and getting to hear from so many different voices in the community. And we love the idea that you guys had to highlight a different um, craft beer or drink. Yeah. Um, So we just wanted to start by asking, do you have a favorite out of all of the many you've tasted? You go. I don't remember what it's called. I know, I don't either. (laughs) It was the Luau one from last summer. Don't be mad at me, whatever brewery it was. I don't remember. I th- it was a funk. That I think it was funk. funk brewing. Ooh. It was a funk Luau. Luau, something Luau, and it was like an IPA, but it had mm. fruity and like citrus mm. and grapefruit and like all of that. And it was summertime when we did it, mm-hmm. so it was like refreshing. Sounds That's, good, yeah. yeah. That's there was a lemonade sour mm. from our town brewery that we featured a couple of months ago. That was a hit. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've never been to Our Town Brewery. No, I haven't either. Where's it? Us? We were just talking about sour beers. Or was that a different? <laughs> okay, must have been our other podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ashley's go-to sour beer. I a love sour sours. beers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. As close as you can get to the original beer. And definitely check out Our Town. Yeah, they have really good beers. They've been a really good mm-hmm. partner for us. Yeah, yeah. sweet. So, yeah. Definitely. Well, thanks for to. having us. Yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, do we just want to start by? you sort of giving us a rundown of what you do at the chamber? Yeah, sure. Sure, Sure. I'm the director of events and partnerships. Um, And so it's kind of a little two-party, but also kind of related. Um, So I manage six signature events Mm. um, that are span from a leadership um, type event for um, around economics uh, to our annual dinner, which is our kind of big fundraiser every year. Um, And then I also work with our sponsorships um, and I help to strategize with the team around kind of what does the full year of s- events, programs, resources, initiatives that the chamber's doing um, kind of work into that um, with the leadership team as well. And then I do partnerships, which is just kind of the fun side of things. Mm-hmm. I get to kind of talk with people, decide how we can benefit, how they can benefit, and try to come together with some level of a strategic partnership with them. Awesome. That's cool. And Molly is the queen of events. I just want to say annual dinner. It's not like a small annual dinner. Oh, no. How many people have you? About 22,000. A year? Come? Yes. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Around. I didn't realize it was Whoa. that big. Yeah. So that's it awesome. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's an eight-month, a year yeah. event. Yeah. You know, it takes yeah. a little bit of time. but Wow. Um, so you're already planning. Yes. For 2024s. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Started about two months ago, actually. Oh. So, yeah, Probably crazy. already has 2025, like, in the back. We have some dates. the dates. Yeah. Dates and seeds of, of thematic elements. But wow. it's our largest fundraiser of the mm-hmm. year, so it really helps sustain kind of chamber-wide what we do. Um, and also, it's just kind of a pillar in the community at this point, which mm-hmm. we love. Um, yeah. And getting together with businesses from across the region, really, um, and particularly Lancaster County, to just celebrate Lancaster. Yeah. And, like, yeah. have a good time together and um, especially like pointing out the the impact that business has on Lancaster too so that's so yeah. cool it's a fantastic event yeah yeah it's fun I am the programs and workforce strategies manager so um I feel like a lot of us at the chamber, you're going to say, like, it's a dual role. You know, we have <laughs> these other parts that we also do. So I manage five different programs. Um, and then on the other side of that, I also oversee kind of our the development of our workforce strategy. And so we have a couple of uh, buckets around attracting and retaining talent, uh, you know, strengthening the current workforce, um, preparing the future workforce, anticipating trends and needs, um, and also addressing like barriers to workforce. So there's a lot of kind of things in those areas that I might be sitting in on conversations with partners on or uh, bringing in ideas and um, trying to develop you know, pathways for the chamber to step into those spaces. But um, on the program side, the Young Professionals Network, which is where Mm -hmm. the podcast stemmed from, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as Women in Business, our roundtables, Excellence Exchange, and uh, our largest business and education partnership, which is Discovering Paths, a high school Mm -hmm. mentoring and career exploration program. So a lot going on um, (laughs) for both of us. That's all you do. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. sounds like it. That's awesome. So I guess, like, how did your backgrounds prepare you for sort of where you landed in the chamber? Yeah, Mm, it's a great question. question. So I, weirdly enough, um, served as an intern my senior year of high school at the Lancaster Chamber um, and uh, went to college, um, went to Susquehanna University. And when I left Lancaster, despite going a little more rural, was like, I'm not coming back. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, So I went through Susquehanna. I moved to, I did a stint in Ensenada, Mexico with a nonprofit um, and did a year of AmeriCorps Vista um, in Massachusetts. And the plan was to stay in Boston. And I visited one weekend um, and Lancaster was different Mm -hmm. like it was changed (laughs) it was not when I left at 18 and I came back at 23 it was like oh this place is really cool there's a lot of really neat stuff going on Um, and so I utilized the network that I still had maintained through that time and um, got in touch with the chamber and they said we have an events position and I said events and nonprofit it was was kind of my way into the nonprofit space and mm-hmm. so um I was like yeah they're like you want it we're like I'm gonna I said yeah sure mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking awesome. for a job so <laughs> yeah. um and so it worked out really nicely that way but I was a sociology major and diversity studies minor and so I always had interest in kind of community development mm-hmm. um place development um we kind of talk about like home as place and so um that kind of how does the intersection of all those elements come together mm-hmm. to build and grow a place and so um I get to do that every day at the chamber which is pretty wow. cool that is cool I am not from Lancaster <laughs> I'm a transplant um, but so my um there's a lot of overlap yeah. we have a lot of uh, similarities in our journeys uh, mine's been very non-linear so I um, am from Franklin County so I'm 
two counties over, so not too far. But I, I went to Messiah College, now Messiah University, mm -hmm. and studied psychology and sociology, which is, um, I was a research focus, also interested in community development. So originally I was like, I'm going to go to grad school. But when I first stepped out, um, and that was because of a curiosity of people and the way that they interact with systems. Mm -hmm. And I think that curiosity for the way people interact in the workplace, um, in their social settings, really has helped become a cornerstone of, of how programs are designed yeah. um, in the nonprofit sector. And so that's been really helpful in my, in my career. But I actually uh, stepped into a program management internship my first year out of school uh, with International Justice Mission in uh, Kolkata, India. Oh, wow. And Good while answer. I was there, really uh, got to dive in, really just like threw me in. It was fantastic. It was one of the best experiences of my life. And I got to work with executive leadership. Um, they were crafting a strategic plan, so I got to learn how to operationalize that, the whole process from program design to implementation, and then the evaluation and monitoring. So in that year, really was exposed to so much. So when I came back, I just was like, I was gonna do research, but now I think I really like program management. So um, tried a couple of things and landed at the YWCA in Carlisle, mm -hmm. um, where I, I uh, managed the department that did a lot of their mission-related programming. Yeah. Uh, and so. I got married in 2020, brought me to Lancaster, and I found a job open in programming. And I was like, I you know I really want to apply this to the business community and see what type of work we can do yeah. uh, to make to make some headway. I really appreciated the chamber's mission and vision, and I heard such great things about the leadership uh, and the staff. And so it was kind of a no-brainer to join. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. 2020 as a programming person, like. I'm sure that was such a shift for you too, because not only is it a new job, but also like the world literally shut down. So I'm sure programming <laughs> wasn't even that popular at the time. Like how did you manage like starting the new position and then the like whole transition of COVID era? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you really love great. that time in real life. Really great so time. I didn't transition until 2021. Okay. I was remote uh, with my role at the YWCA for several several months um, until I made the transition but I was remote for the mm -hmm. first three months uh, wow. entirely remote mm -hmm. uh, at the chamber and I honestly will say my first reaction when I saw people at that in-person staff meeting was like you're taller than I thought right. and you're shorter than I thought or like we're the same height and yeah. I did not realize that it was really just yeah. body proportion right like, you're looking at someone in a small screen mm -hmm. and you don't really know how they and it just um they did. They took some really incredible measures to make me feel welcome. Yeah. I was one of three new hires mm -hmm. um, during that remote period, and you know, created videos. Always had calls to really touch oh, base. Yeah. But it was an exploratory time, um, mm -hmm. yeah. and I think you said it. We were we were talking through this earlier, but it really helped refine kind of what programming looked like mm -hmm. and where where we were investing our time, and that. That's true for me, whether it was the YWCA and figuring out innovative ways to connect students to the programming that we were doing, mm -hmm. um, or it's at the chamber, how do we get business professionals the resources that they need to be successful in this very challenging time? Yeah, that I'm sure was a whole different whirlwind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things to do. Um, okay, so we'll kind of keep going there. So have you, you started there as mid-COVID, but even when you started a decade ago, which is 
Congratulations for a decade. (laughs) Not yet. We counted this the other day. About nine years. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you're aging me. No. No, no. Um, Yeah, almost a decade. Yeah, which is honestly incredible. Yeah. So how has your mindset changed going through that and especially working so closely with all of the small businesses and like the community of Lancaster? How has your mindset shifted to like where you are today? Yeah. From when you yeah. So when I started, um, like I said, I kind of worked in nonprofit community development and had a kind of a, a certain mindset that meant a lot of catching up on the business side of things. I had mm-hmm. not worked in a corporate setting. And so um, I think over the last 10 years, I've spent a lot of time and energy understanding business motives, um, business structure, corporate structure, um, big, small, little sole prop entrepreneur, like, yeah. you know, whatever that looks like. And so really taking in a lot of that has been a a growth um, for anybody who works at the chamber, particularly those who come from more of a nonprofit background, mm-hmm. um, because it's just the structure's different, right? And so we're serving a community, both nonprofit and for-profit, but a kind of the learning curve of, of getting to know that for-profit side um, was, was certainly something that for myself evolved um, over the 10 years. Um, and I think the, the chamber itself has evolved so much over the last um, 10 years, I would say. Um, it's existed for 150 years um, and so part of the chamber's history is on I only know this because we celebrate our 150th on July 22nd 1872 <laughs> uh, the Lancaster Chamber started because a group of business people gathered together for convening and trying to get a paved road and that same thing happens today. We're mm-hmm. convening and networking and bringing people together um, to get things done for our broader business and community. And so um, that hasn't changed. I think the way we deliver some of that message, the lens that we put on that message, um, the ways that we challenge uh, our businesses to do things differently, um, how we look to the future, how we meet needs and anticipate needs, um, that all has significantly yeah. changed, right? And so I think it's more, it's its not this exponential way of doing things. It's right. um, being ahead of where we think our businesses are going and meeting the need and anticipating it in a way that feels like we can uh, remain really important in our community. Yeah. I think the pandemic yeah, um, was very helpful whether we like it or not, I like wrote on my notes, I was like, the pandemic was miserable. But also, what it did for us as an organization was um, build some confidence in our, uh, the necessity of a chamber in, our, in, a, in yeah. a community like ours. Um, we were able to funnel a ton of government funds through us in a partnership with the EDC wow. so that business was sustainable during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we were able to get and deliver a ton of information on the fly, being adaptable and flexible and ready to go at whatever was information was coming in and being able to deliver it on them like in the minute or within the 24 hours and being able to serve to the business community exactly how we have been, but at this time when right. it was so critical um, mm-hmm. and in that moment. And so I think we built a confidence in ourselves to say, okay, we matter. Yeah. <laughs> the work we does matter. And so let's focus in, let's get really good at what we do and kind of like move on. So I think that there's been, as a lot of businesses have felt and a lot of companies and, and organizations have felt this kind of sense of self during mm-hmm. um, pandemic, we felt that for sure. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. um, it's visible now when we think about our strategic direction, mm-hmm. our strategic focus about the things that we do for the community and the businesses yeah. that exist. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. 
Um, this is a question that wasn't on. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like I am throwing throw this out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really have to I'm just curious, like, how do you work with other local, like, chambers? Like, how often do you meet with them to sort of, like, help your strategy? So it depends on what size you want to go to. So okay. we have partnerships and relationships with all of our Lancaster County okay. chambers. Um, so we are the only county-wide chamber. So okay. we cover the city, county, all of the small towns, any industry, all the businesses. There's 11,000 businesses. We wow. cover 50% in just our membership, 50% of that workforce oh, wow. um, with about 1,400 member companies. And so we have a strategic relationship, I would say, with those mm-hmm. folks, particularly when messages needs to get out <laughs> when we you know we saw it during the pandemic when we have specific things that we want everybody in the county to know we yeah. tap into that strategic kind of network um, but they live exist differently on their own they have their own organizations and that kind of thing regionally we have really great partnerships with um, York um, York Chamber Economic Alliance I'm going to try to get all of their names correct. <laughs> Harrisburg Credic, which is Harrisburg Chamber and Academic Development Company. Reading Chamber, um, GRCA, which is Greater Reading Chamber Alliance. Uh, Lehigh Valley, we've got some good relationships within. Lebanon Valley, we've got some good relationships in. But we work strategically. I think we know as a world that we exist in not just the place that we're in, but right. in the region that we are. And mm-hmm. so um, we have a pro-business agenda, a regional pro-business agenda that's a partnership with all of them. Um, our other folks in our same jobs we all have relationships with those those people in those organizations so that we're kind of shared networking um, shared learning with each other um, in a way that's I think really helpful for the businesses that exist not only in Lancaster County but are members of all three or you know or have offices in all three of the counties or areas and so I think there's a really good strategic alignment between all of us on that. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit really deep into chamber world, but mm-hmm. there is an association of chamber of commerce executives. There's a PA chamber of commerce kind of mm-hmm. association as mm-hmm. well. And then we also are connected to the U.S. chamber. So on issues like workforce, you know, we can get connected to, you know, 50 other chambers to a thousand other chambers who might be focused in on a same issue. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that collaboration might look like, you know, we, uh, Childcare has been a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it always has been, but really COVID brought that to the surface. And a really good example of this partnership that we have is across Pennsylvania. Um, a few weeks ago, several chambers came together to spearhead a letter uh, to our legislative body saying, hey, this is really important. We should take a look at it. We, we have a stance here that we need to be creating accessible, affordable, and high-quality child care and also identifying life-sustaining wages for our child care workers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that letter mm-hmm. came to us. Then we shared that out with our contacts. And so, you know, I, several chambers, um, a significant portion of the chambers in Pennsylvania signed on to that letter. So that's kind of how our network's really work there's tentacles of chambers in all communities it's just how they're tapped into and so um we i was just actually uh in bedford county for the pacp over the weekend and so they also vary in size and energy and staff size and membership size and county size and all of that but there's a connection point between all of us Mm -hmm. and that we're chambers so there's there's some good strategic alignment Mm -hmm. across a number of areas that helps to kind of keep the chamber mission which we all kind of share Mm -hmm. alive and above Mm -hmm. and and moving so yeah that's awesome yeah that's interesting I know I feel like I'm learning so much more about the chamber (laughs) (laughs) we'll post you know this past year we were um nominated we were one of the honorees um 
for Chamber of the Year. Yeah, we yeah. did not, we didn't win this year, but we, we were, and we were honored. Yeah, love that. And you know, we're like ACCE recognized. And I feel like sometimes people are like, "What? It, what is ACCE? This is great, right. but yeah. what is ACCE? Yeah. <laughs> so. I was like, it's a combination of <laughs> 7,000 chambers across the country. And we were in top three um, okay, in our category, right? Well, actually 7,000, I don't know actually about, but a significant portion and it's a you know national society essentially association yeah um but we learn a lot chambers are a bit different in structure in that we're a membership organization and mm-hmm. so um we uh, are funded um a significant portion of our funding um, comes through members who are who give us money for value and mm-hmm. part of our value is we advocate for you on in the state capital or, you know, in the federal or whatever that looks like. Some of that is we've got professional development for you. Um, but anybody who's a chamber works in that kind of function. Um, and so they're dues, membership dues that people pay. And so, um, there's a lot, you know, we're not a publicly funded organization. Um, you know, we have, we have, it's because of the businesses that we have in our community and the membership organization that we are, that we get to do the things that we do. And that's a different model than a lot of other nonprofits or community benefit organizations that you look at. Um, because there's a it's it's relational and Mm -hmm. a bit transactional in nature and so really trying to pay attention to what that looks like but that's what makes chambers a little unique so it's nice to have a network Mm -hmm. of chamber people that all have to think about that same way of existing or the same way of functioning as an organization and so it's been really helpful to be a part of those groups yeah yeah that's awesome sweet um, so best of luck getting 35 minutes out of this. Yeah. yeah. What are we at? Let's minute 30. Uh, section this is a three. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, I just want to touch on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Cause I, um, that was like a big point of emphasis on your site, I guess. Um, just how have you seen the community grow over the time that you've been at the chamber? So it's interesting. This is a um, diversity, equity, inclusion for the chamber has always been a something that we've we've talked about. It's mm-hmm. been a part of our um, existence before it was a kitschy set of words mm-hmm. that people use <laughs> to describe something that's much, much bigger and very, very important. And right. so we have elevated it um, to our strategic plan um, in the last three years. Next year will be the last year of our 2022 to 2024 strategic plan, of which it's a pillar of the five pillars. And so as an organization, elevating it to that made it made us think about it a little bit differently um, and uh, also makes us think about how the rest of our community and our businesses interact with that. And so we've got programming that we do in relation to it. Um, but more importantly, I think we have a lens that everything we do gets flown through the lens of thinking about diversity, equity, inclusion, which is a mindset change. Um, and I think what we've found is a lot of our businesses um, are either at the point of changing that from a pillar to a lens um, mm-hmm. or um, or we're already doing it but are now talking about it and more comfortable talking about it a little yeah. bit so um, I think the lens piece is the thing that's changed for us in the most in, in the in the last couple of years but really I think has changed as a conversation mm-hmm. has been like what does this look like to apply it to everything that we do yeah, yeah. as a as a community mm-hmm. and I think that we've been able to really t- seize the moment I mean we stepped into a partnership a, a coalition of other civic organizations across Lancaster County and we're able to partner with the National Equity Atlas to produce Lancaster County's racial equity profile I mean in that report alone when you look at race uh, as one of the indicators 
in the DEI framework, uh, $1.9 billion a year is lost because of racial inequity. And so when you're able to kind of build a business case of why these things matter, I mean, and that's just one aspect of DEI work. So what does it look like then to champion other tenants and, and aspects of DEI and to communicate to businesses why this is so important? And we are so fortunate to have a business community. We have a number of businesses who are so bought into this um, and who are championing movements uh, that we can highlight and elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, you know, there's already so many organizations that do work and serve historically marginalized uh, community members like assets um, that really shines a light on BIPOC uh, entrepreneurs and women mm-hmm. um, who want to start a business and may have a lot more barriers than your your traditional traditionally served entrepreneurs. And so I think that's been important. I also think that in addition to the transformation of workplace dialogue, one thing that I've seen is just access to education. I mean, we know, we talk about social media a lot at the chamber mm-hmm. and it's it's at our fingertips now. So, I mean, even since I've been in the workplace, a lot of these conversations have really grown because the resources are more widely spread and shared um, and there's access, you know, McKinsey does reporting, mm-hmm. Deloitte does reporting um, on some of these big firms really pull these reports together around nationwide or international issues and that's so accessible now um, to have that conversation and then to take that, look at it from a local lens and pull out companies to say, okay, how can we champion this together um, and find, you know, find a way forward? And what does it look like for them? I mean, part of this is matching to people's journeys and challenging um, preconceived notions of what, just generally speaking, diversity, equity, and inclusion looks like. Right. Um, and and what does it mean for your organization? And what are ways to think about it strategically and on this like whole movement forward of like your leadership down? Mm-hmm. But it also is like, what are we doing every day to, right. to think about these things? You know, mm-hmm. so what does accessibility look like? What is making sure that folks have access to mental health. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Mental health resources. Mm-hmm. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, mental health resources. And, um, you know, just the, the items that we also sometimes think of are not DEI, mm-hmm. are things that businesses are already doing. And so mm-hmm. how do we support into create opportunities for people to plug in where it matches to where they are now and then challenge them to keep thinking about it? Yeah. And we know that DEI, I mean, this is a value of the of Gen Z and, and every generation before. I mean, millennials, it really emerged as a strong tenant. I mean, Gen Z has really taken that on as they come into the workplace. And then, you know, we have conversations around what does the generational perspective look like? And when you look at values, that's an increasing part of, of the workplace and attracting and retaining your talent. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of interest in businesses of how do we, you know, showcase our values in a way that connects to our employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I agree with that. I feel like as a Gen Zer, <laughs> <laughs> from two millennials yeah. to two Gen Zers, <laughs> this generational divide. But as I think that is something too that I look for in a community and mm-hmm. like where I buy things and where I eat my food or kind of even the whole like reuse reduce reuse recycle and like thrifting and like that kind of stuff has just been very important so I think it's very encouraging at least from a outside perspective to see how diverse Lancaster Mm -hmm. even just like in this city and even when you said you serve like 11,000 yeah well there's 11,000 businesses in Lancaster County and so and even if you think and like I'm sure you guys get this as a diverse like 
Lancaster City versus like I grew up in like Gap, PA. If you guys mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. very <laughs> different towns and very different businesses and structures. So it's just cool to see that you guys kind of cover all of that. Yeah, and all that. Yeah, it's a very tailored approach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I also really liked what you said about how the day to day, like thinking about how you incorporate into that day to day, because I think that is what's going to set the tone for like the future right mm-hmm. so like making sure that eventually it's just gonna become like that part of your part of who we are yeah right right yeah, like it's a great. lens without having to call it that yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's really cool okay so we'll move in a little bit to the present so we've talked a lot about the past your mindsets and how things have changed moving into the present um i need to find number two <laughs> okay you've kind of talked about this a little bit um you know, speaking to the federal and state level, but how do you work specifically with Lancaster County um, legislation to continue to grow your chamber and achieve your mission and goals? You know, it is vital Mm -hmm. that an organization like ours and uh, that represents 11,000 businesses, half of the workforce, has a relationship with our elected officials at any level. Um, And so that's county, that's state, that's federal. And we put, um, so Heather Valudis, who is our president and CEO, previously was the advocacy director um, and has built a lot of those relationships. We have a new team member since Heather moved into her role as a public, and now we have a public policy coordinator, um, Kat DeSantis, who um, is working specifically to maintain and grow those relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And that changes, right? Those landscapes change every single time there's an election. Um, That relationship semi-changes every time. And so to have somebody and a team, essentially, of people that are consistently um, banging the same drum and saying the same things that are listening to the business community and able to... um, give that, uh, provide that feedback, but can consistently be in those relationships is really important. And so, so I say that as from a political perspective, um, we have a great relationship with the County of Lancaster and particularly as we think about growth for Lancaster County, um, with the planning commission. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've, uh, oftentimes partner with them. We are a partner for place with the place 2040, um, which is the county's comprehensive plan. Um, So it looks at what, by 2040, places 2040, what does our place look like? Um, And that looks at how are we using land? um, What does economic landscape look like? um, What does infrastructure look like? What does housing look like? And how do we do that effectively with a lens of equity, um, um, and how are we growing Lancaster County? And so being able to partner with them, have a, have a say, have a relationship and a feedback loop, they appreciate the business feedback and they come to us when they're looking for it. Mm-hmm. We've been able to give them platform in a way that's really healthy for them to get that feedback. Um, and then we know that we're in good hands when we think about how, you know, that planning process moves and how it grows and how we can be a part of it. And so there's a there's a couple different areas where that comes into is poli- on the political aspect of it, but then really on the people that are moving and grooving and, and making decisions or at least yeah. looking to create the recommendations for how our community grows yeah so a lot of it is when you think about advocacy it's being at the table to represent business in that in that conversation and so you know other ways that we we've done that we have wake up to the issues which we might bring the experts in to to talk about some of these issues from an advocacy standpoint or um you know that space for 
talking about re-entry and what does that look like to re-enter the workforce after uh, you know a time being incarcerated and what does it look like for transportation yep. to create transportation and we're not the experts in these areas but we a lot of times are looking to advance what is needed for the business community to be successful um, and then our pro-business agenda like we'll take position statements um, on relevant legislation yep. or efforts um, but a lot of it is partnerships yeah. Yeah. I feel like I in the work that we do, we like work a month or two ahead. And sometimes <laughs> I get stressed about thinking about, yeah. oh my God, we're already talking about 2024. And the fact that you're talking about 2040 <laughs> yeah. just like blows yeah. my mind. And a lot of these, you know, if we think about it from like what legislation changes, um, so I'll use this as an example, the Pennsylvania court, uh, corporate net income tax. The chamber has been advocating for lowering the corporate net income tax for 30 years. Oh, wow. Um, just two summers ago 2022 that finally changed and so it is a lot of the work that's being done underneath that's yeah. changing landscape mm -hmm. and this is not just us this is other folks in advocacy in Lancaster County but mm -hmm. it is changing landscape but it takes a while right a they're game. not the quick yeah. easy like we did this or we did that <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like no 30 years right we've been trying to say that we need to lower that court um, corporate net income tax and so what does that those those are the same things right housing Mm -hmm. is going to be a long to we're going to have to keep mm -hmm. talking about it and keep talking about it. Even and so, workforce legislation right. or child, you know, child care specifically. Yeah. Some of that, that stuff is longer term. And so it's just really being able to keep up and keep relational with it and keep in partnership with people and, and having those seats at the table. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's wild. Just a small plug because we ha we are here because we also do a podcast yes. for young professionals. So we earlier this month took a number of young professionals to Harrisburg to talk about how they can become advocates, how they can get involved in our efforts, um, and what is happening at the state level with the PA chamber, with some of our partners like McNeese, Wallace, and Nurek, and how do, how do young professionals contribute and share their voice in this space? And so, you know, our public policy coordinator, Kat, she, you know, I think we're gonna really grow in this area for young professionals, which is really exciting because a lot of young professionals I think can become disenfranchised when right. it comes to advocacy, especially yeah. around issues that might be affecting their workplace. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're excited to be able to step into a space and say, how do we empower our young business professionals to advocate for the things that matter to them? Yeah, definitely. I feel like that is crucial because I think too, that our mindsets are maybe very different than our predecessors. And sometimes you almost feel like, at least for me, I don't want to speak for everyone, but as a young professional, it's almost like my voice doesn't matter as much because I'm still new here. I'm still trying to figure this out. So I feel like I can't have a say in that. And so it's just really encouraging to hear that you guys are doing work to show like, no, like you have a, a voice here. And there's space, right? Yeah. Like there's space and there's space to learn and educate. And I think that's mm -hmm. the other thing for for you know the systems that exist how best that works and so how can we educate you on how to do that right so that you feel empowered to do it right, right. so that you feel like no my voice does matter it may feel different mm -hmm. but it matters and mm -hmm. so getting into that space in that way too is really helpful yeah. it's helpful because we you're the next generation of people that are making decisions right and yeah. so if we don't start to incorporate some of that in the way that we're thinking or hearing from a young professional then that's how things, you know, remain in the same way as they've always been. And exactly. so, um, but education and empowerment is kind of the two main things there. So, yeah, preach.
Yes. <laughs> Snaps. I feel like, well, why don't we just jump into um, Young Business Professionals, uh, your Young Professionals Network. Why don't you just kind of give us a rundown of how your roles sort of create that space for young professionals? Well, I'm going to let Ashley take most of this because Ashley runs our Young Professionals Network. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am just on the side. No, I still consider myself a young professional. Yeah. Um, and so, but I have benefited from a lot of the work when, you know, we've start, we started the Young Professionals Network 15 plus years ago ish yes 15 years ago um, looking at me like I've been around I know, <laughs> didn't say it on a date on something that you've looked at I think it was 2008 so whenever I think that it was, was. Too. um 2008 is when the young professional started so I reaped a lot of be- I reaped benefits from the program mm-hmm. not only as a young professional because I work for the chamber but also because um they've been around for you know as long as I, I can remember yeah as yeah. long as I've been in the workforce so Um, I'll let you kind of talk into. Well, the pandemic was almost the perfect opportunity for the Young Professionals Network to Mm -hmm. to sit. It took a little bit of a back burner, you know, Young Professionals. And by that, she means no one was doing anything. (laughs) I was trying my best. (laughs) Molly was doing a fantastic job. I would do like one virtual happy hour a month, but three people showed up for it. I was like, listen, this isn't working. Yeah. (laughs) But we got to assess what is the role of Young Professionals Network in the broader chamber scope. And we were able to to kind of regroup um, and came up with three different pillars of the program. So it's really designed to engage, equip, and empower young professionals to be collaborative leaders who are passionate about shaping the community of Lancaster. Um, and so that those pieces, you have the engaged. So of course, you know we just had YPN engaged, the advocacy event. Um, so there's a level of like getting out, whether that's engage in networking, engage with each other, but there's a level of relationship building. We also have equip, so we do you know some professional development, whether it's a, a one-off session or it's we bring in um, a third-party consultant, one of our partners, and they're facilitating a training for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the empower is really, you know, taking that information and what do you do with it? So a lot of times what falls under the empower pillar is like the podcast. We're giving you information and then we hope that you feel empowered to do something with that information, whether it's advocate for yourself in the workplace, start a conversation about a new idea, um, reflect on your own. We had Katie Sando talk about purpose on one of our episodes, you know, whether it's reflect on, you know, your your own personal journey. So, you know, those pieces we really want people to feel empowered by the resources that we're giving giving out. Um, and so those are the three areas, you know, we really want people to expand their network and the chamber is known for its networking, but we also are really focused on like the learning piece and then the, the takeaways that people get. Um, but one of my favorite parts of that, we, we started Next Gen Mentoring, which is uh, kind of a concierge like net, uh, mentoring program where we might take some, some folks who are interested and build a small cohort and pair them with more experienced professionals. Mm-hmm. And that is a really great way because when they apply, uh, young professionals get to talk about their challenges. Mm-hmm. And so our, our job then is to find more experienced professionals who have walked through similar challenges mm-hmm. and pair them so that they don't feel alone on their journey and that they have someone they can talk to for advice. We try to bring them to some events that we do, bring them together so they can digest that information together. But it's it's been a really fun part of the of the program. And then we also, one of my other favorite pieces is I get to do a lot of one-on-ones with young professionals. Now, not everyone uh, has has done this with me. We have over 500 people in our Young Professionals Network, um, and that's how many people we've interacted with since 2020 when we relaunched the program. Mm -hmm. But I love sitting down. There's nothing more life-giving than sitting down with a young professional and saying, you know, 
what is working for you right now? How can we support you at the chamber? Um, what programming do you need? What connections do you need? Um, we've seen people shift into new roles that are better suited for their skill sets or interests. We've seen people um, start their own mentoring opportunities uh, and mentoring relationships through connections that we've made. We've brought in, we have a young professionals advisory group. We've brought in so many ideas, um, really lots of innovation on how the program looks. I mean, even in 2020, when we were rebuilding the program, it looks much different in what we're launching in 2024 than it did then. And so a lot of that is just because we're constantly, as Adam Grant says, thinking again and trying new innovative ideas that come from all of the young professionals we serve. Yeah, That's awesome. I think that's so powerful too because I personally was someone who in college kind of like shied away from the networking and stuff like that because I think it just made me uncomfortable because I didn't have the experience. So having a space to sort of go and practice that and have honest conversations with someone who has been in that same situation is inspiring for someone who's looking to sort of expand their career. Yeah. Right. And I feel like I have gone to a few YPN events. Um, and I think for me, it's always very valuable to know that I'm not alone in my journey and thinking that this is someone who is like a very different career path than me, but they're also struggling with this same issue. And I don't feel, it's just nice feeling not as alone, especially going to college and then coming back. And it's the adult, transition to adulting was very difficult. And so I think that really helps me. Um, so yeah, I am a fan. I'm a fan of your work. <laughs> We're big fans over here. <laughs> fan of your work. Oh my. <laughs> Um, so we have to talk about the podcast, of course. We're going to um, plug it for you here. <laughs> do you, can you just kind of explain where that idea stemmed from? Yes. Ashley <laughs> was new to the chamber. <laughs> I walked in and I was like, we should start a we podcast. We should start a podcast. Yes. Yes. And Heather and I looked at her and said, okay, go. <laughs> yeah, they were like, you should start, you a, should start a podcast. Really? That sounds good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. really what it was. It was like, I'd like to start a podcast. Okay, start the podcast. That sounds good. Like, yeah. we've not been in this space before, and then you just kind of ran with it. Really exploratory. Um, <laughs> was meant to be very exploratory. Yeah. It was Networks. a huge learning app. I was yeah. like, I love podcasts. I listen to many. Um, and there's a few chambers out there that have young professional podcasts. Mm -hmm. I kind of listen to them. And when I brought the idea up, you know, they were kind of thinking like, how do we reach young professionals in a different way as well? So it wasn't like this existed in a vacuum. Yeah. But I think, you know, the podcast, there's so many reasons people start mm -hmm. podcasts, but really it's like that accessible information. Anyone could drive, it's evergreen, you could mm -hmm. find an episode. We still have people that are finding last year's episodes mm -hmm. and are listening to them. And, um, or this isn't relevant to me right now, but I'm gonna bookmark that for later. Right. And so having that digestible, accessible way to communicate information, and it's really fun. I mean, we showcase a beer, we get to talk to a lot of really fun people that are in our chamber membership, mm -hmm. um, people we partner with on a regular basis. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think the content has been the most exciting part of the whole thing. And so kudos to Ashley um, because Ashley uh, cultivates who that's going to be, writes the questions, gets the kind of topic thing together. And is very on the pulse of people or things that are happening in the community and wanting to make sure it feels relevant for the moment for our young professionals and really anybody. I mean, I think that's what we've learned Mm -hmm. over the last two years has been this content while amazing for young professionals. I've got people who aren't professionals coming up and being like, that was an awesome podcast. Mm-hmm. I was really interested to hear from Chayla Hutner and from the city of Lancaster and um, Ed Harris from Discover Lancaster talk about the relationship between tourism. Like that was just an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. And so I think the joy for me has come from being able to have these conversations mm-hmm. um, and have them shared in a way that we just haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of times those happen at events or they happen, you know, in private meetings, you know, right. you know, we're having the conversation with Ed and Chayla with four of us or five of us around the table. Mm-hmm. But now we get to share that with the rest of the, with the rest of the county, rest yeah. of the world. Yeah. World. Yeah. Are you got a few worldwide? worldwide? We are worldwide. We are worldwide. Oh yeah. my gosh. What a flex. <laughs> Obviously our target is Lancaster. <laughs> yes. A lot of our content so is So some people specific. confuse us with Lancaster, South Carolina and Lancaster, California. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we do have a strong like mid-Atlantic. We've reached like the West Coast um, and wow. then we have reached around the world, yeah. which is pretty cool that someone somewhere is tuning in to hear about what it's like here in yeah. Lancaster, yeah. whether that's yeah. our workforce trends or it's, you know, how we're finding purpose in the work that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. Because even, like, someone, do you ever think that maybe it's someone who's, like, visiting or about to visit Lancaster? Like, I remember you did an episode with um, Kenda Frazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like her episode where she is giving, like, the tours of everything and kind of showcasing what Lancaster does, I would listen to that if I was, like, about to visit Lancaster. Mm-hmm. So that's so cool to think. Or about to move here. Yeah. And so how do we, you know, thinking about a young professionals network in particular, I think what um, Ashley's done really well in the last couple of years has been thinking about it as a tool also for talent attraction Mm -hmm. for for those of us who go away and come back. Right. And saying, okay, so what does it look like? I'm going back to my hometown. This doesn't feel great. And I'm transitioning. I'm making this massive transition. Oh, but I can listen to something without having to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and not know anybody and listen about what's happening in the community that I'm going to call home. And so. Yeah. that's like the beauty of it is it it's so diverse in speaker and topic and things like that that it really gets to um gets to businesses gets to young professionals but gets to kind of like who we are as a community too yeah, yeah. I, I foresee that. some growth in the future for the podcast we're really excited keeping it under wraps for now but <laughs> we definitely have some plans just based on on how well it's been received in the community for what we're yeah. doing next with yep. the podcast and I think you know bigger, better. Uh, and I think a lot of young professionals will still be very excited about the content and will also be reaching our more experienced professionals in the yeah. community. Yeah. That's super we'll exciting. See. We're excited to see yeah. it. We're yeah. excited to see it. Yeah. Inspired by <laughs> it. Too. Yeah. Alrighty then, that's all we have for part one of our interview with Ashley Glenzer and Molly Krauser from the Lancaster Chamber. You can find this episode on Spotify, (laughs) Apple Music, SoundCloud, all of your favorite streaming platforms, and look out for part two of the podcast, which will come out next Thursday on December 7th, and we'll talk about new initiatives from the Chamber, as well as what does the Chamber look like in the future. Until then, you can find us on our socials on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. 
All right. See ya.